Bless you. Bless you. Bless you. If, uh, if, if Reggie had to entitle that melody, it would be called A Song for Mama. It's tribute. I know I heard it. I heard it. To his mama. We'll take that opportunity to make that a tribute to all the mothers who are able to hear us today, able to celebrate with us today. We say happy Mother's Day to each of you, particularly to those who are in my presence now. Ms. Alice Bailey, Annette Davis, Darius Johnson, mothers all, but also to Twanisha. That's right, that's right, who is tasked with mothering children every single day. We thank her for the work she does. That's right, local parentis, that's right. And so for all the mothers, here we say God bless you and we just thank you for the difference you've made in our lives we thank you for the love you've given us through the years we're so thankful today to be able to celebrate who you are and what you mean to us there are many many verses in the Bible that speak to mothering, the importance of mothers. Today we're going to try to identify some of them and talk to you about what we believe are some important characteristics of mom. The gospel writers are not short or not slack in thanking mothers for the role they played in their own lives. But the Old Testament is full of directions about the importance of mothers. One such verse is found in Proverbs. Solomon, some would call the wisest man who ever lived, said in the first chapter of his writ, verse 8, And I love the way he couches it because of that patriarchal society. Men were dominant in the voice they had in community. And he said, listen, my son, to your father's instruction. But he followed it very quickly by concluding that verse with, and do not forsake your mama's teaching." Yeah, listen to what your daddy said, but don't forget what your mama taught you. He's the wisest man who ever lived. I love the fact that he started out Proverbs with directions about the importance of mama 
And then the end of Proverbs 31 is him also receiving instruction from mama. He goes under the pseudonym King Lemuel, but it's King Lemuel receiving instruction on what kind of woman he ought to find to be his own wife. That's what a Proverbs 31 woman is. It's what the kind of woman your mama say you ought to go and find. If you read it properly. The ninth verse of chapter one in Proverbs says, don't forget what your mama said. And the reason is because those teachings will be a garland to grace your head and a chain to adorn your neck. You'll remember those things that your mama taught you. And then Paul wrote these words to his mentee and protege, Timothy, the second Timothy one and five, and said, I have been reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice. And Paul said, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. Paul, with his interaction with Timothy, had become convinced that the man he was seeing developed had had a solid foundation laid in him. And after interacting with his family, he was convinced, and Paul knew that Timothy came from a mixed marriage, mixed from the standpoint that his mother was a believer and his father was not. And Paul was convinced that the kind of young man he had taken on as his mentee, as his protege, had to have good home training. And that good home training must have come from his grandmama and his mother Eunice. He talked to him about how to ensure that he didn't waste that foundational legacy he had been given from his mamas. Y'all ought to hear me now. Some of us have come up in good homes and we just waste the teaching that mom and dad, mama taught us. We just throw it all, all the good stuff, we just throw it, throw it all away. It's like mama left you a fortune and you spend it on, as the Bible says, riotous living got rid of it. So today I want to talk about, if you'll let me, Mama's legacy. Mama's legacy. We, we were blessed in my household, and, and let me say this at the outset. I can't talk about nobody but Doris, because that's the mama God gave me. Beyond Doris, I'm just speculating, but I can talk about Doris from a, stand, from a son's standpoint. So any references I make today to mama is going to be to my mama. Now, if it fits your mama, that's good. But I hope you understand that I'm not trying to say what went on in your house, just my, my house. Mothers are, are teachers, and I think that's the most important role that they have, is to be teachers. But they're also disciplinarians. They're also cleaning ladies, gardeners, and they sometimes cut lawns and cut shrubs. And 
Most of them understand that sometimes it's important to not bake, a, bake cookies or bake a cake and instead to sit down and have playtime with their kids. Most of them understand the balance between solid work and solid play. They also understand that even though the windows need washing and the bathroom needs cleaning, sometimes Junior just needs you to sit down and color with him. And that's as important as those other things. No matter what you have on your list of to-do things, the primary purpose of a mother is to raise a child up in nurturing and love. Some things can always wait, but teaching a child that he or she is loved is always number one on the list. Mamas also, regardless of their professions, are nurses, and sometimes they even have to be doctors, and they have to diagnose stomach aches, even though they weren't with you all day to know what you, what you put in your stomach. Mamas also have to be psychologists, and counselors. Many a mama has had to nurse a broken heart from a child. They are molders of vocabularies and they are shapers of attitude. Mamas are often the soft voice that a child hears as they drift to sleep each night. Mamas then become a link between God and their babies. The first impression that most children have of love is from a mama. And so from the right perspective, a mother's love is an example, as Anthony spoke, of God's love towards us. You set the example for your children. And so we see you, mama, on the holidays when you wake up really, really early do all that cooking. We, we, we see you, we know how you planned and bought stuff and been bringing in groceries for a few days. We, we, we see you. We also know when the holiday comes and there's not much to do all that festive planning with and you still somehow, as Tupac said, make a hot meal for us. We understand. Today we came to tell you, you are appreciated. We also know that you wore old clothes so that we could get something we thought was important. We know you skipped vacations that you could have rightfully enjoyed or maybe didn't even have that second honeymoon that you were entitled to so that we could be involved in some activity that you thought might make us better. We know you didn't engage in that hobby you liked. You gave that up so that we could have a band instrument, so that we could have some activity that's going to make us, well, that helped to make us better. We see that you don't wear this year's fashion. You're not even really wearing last year's fashion. We, we, we see that you continue wearing that same old, same old, just so that we could have the things that, that we need. Today I came to tell you, Mama, you're appreciated. We know we messed up sometimes and we watched you take the blame for it, even though you didn't really have anything to do with it. We know we've made choices that weren't good and somehow you claim the blame for that as well, noting it as a failure on your part in some way. 
We know you let other people take glory for things that you had rightfully done for us. Today we came to tell you you're appreciated. It's amazing that um, in this society, those things that are truly valuable are undervalued. It's amazing that a woman can be paid on TV millions of dollars for playing a mother, and yet real mothers rarely even get a thank you for all the hard work they often do. Motherhood is a balancing act. Not only is a mama concerned with the growth of her child, but as Deja said in her comments, they're concerned with the children that their children spend time with. And so because they realize there's some children who are not as fortunate as their own, they end up taking those children in their own brood. So many people today have been shadow mothered by somebody else. That's why that child was always spending time at your house. And that's why that child was always at your table when it was time to eat. Because the home setting that they had was not as wholesome as the one that your mama made. Some children today are doing well, not because of their biological mama, but because of their shadow mama, who allowed them the grace to be a part of their own home. Not only are they taking care of their children, mama, we see you. They're also nurturing their husbands at the same time, maybe even taking care of sick relatives like mamas and and dad is all of this at the same time, maybe taking care of some of the needs of the community. We, we see you. Somehow, hours don't matter. They can do all these things in the span of time that most of us tend not to be able to do anything meaningful. Still get up, go to work. Still take care of all the things that have to be done. Mother's role is absolutely cr critical. And so because of the role that mothers have played in our society, it's always been the case throughout history that they've been honored in some way. But I came to tell you today, all of the celebrations for mothers haven't always been Christian. But that ought to tell you how global the respect is for the institution of motherhood. Mother's Day has a long history. In ancient Greece, that was the idea of paying tribute to motherhood, and it was given expression through regular festivals. And really those festivals amounted to worshiping mothers. There were formal ceremonies that were conducted to celebrate the great mother of the gods, Rhea. On the Ides of March, there was a celebration that was held throughout Asia Minor. Mothers have always been recognized. But from a Christian standpoint, the celebration of motherhood dates back to Mothering Sunday in England. It was a custom that was twofold. Mothering Sunday included people going back to their home church. It was almost like homecoming. But at the same time, it also celebrated mothers and their contribution to the community. Gifts were given to the mother 
They were the first laid on the altar. It's always been some kind of celebration of mamas. The legacy of mothers cannot be discounted. In America, of course, the observance of Mother's Day has been sanctioned by the highest office in this country. 50 years ago or so, Anna Jarvis campaigned in Philadelphia for a holiday to celebrate her mama. It gained momentum, and what we have today is the result of it primarily, although most people don't realize that it's become so commercialized, so much advertising associated with it that sometimes it's hard to identify the true holiday. And so is today just a day of sending cards and buying gifts? Is today just a day of filling up restaurants and taking mama to a nice meal? Is it one day a year and then no more? Do you begrudgingly go see mama afterwards? I can tell you right now, if you got a mama around you that you can put your hand on, that you can love, that you can pick up the phone and call, that you can acknowledge in some way, don't be foolish. Contact your mama. Contact your mother. Let her know she's appreciated. If you don't appreciate her at this point, think again. Rethink that whole process. If you don't understand the sacrifice that she's made for you, think again. If adulthood has got you so smart that you outsmart yourself with respect to your mama, think again. Have you considered all the things that your mama's done? All the wonderful you are, who put that in you? Where did it come from? If you're a believer in Christ Jesus today, you can probably thank your mama for that. Yeah. If you're a Christian, you can probably thank your mama for that. There is no shortage of Bible references to motherhood in the Bible. Conception, pregnancy, the pain of childbirth, nursing a baby, all these things are talked about in Scripture. Paul knew of the godly benefits that come from mothers. Paul knew about these things and he talked about it, which is why when he was talking about his protege, he quickly understood that there was a foundation in him that could only come from a godly heritage. He understood that Timothy was living on a legacy of faith that his mother and his grandmother had. And as I was studying and preparing for this D, I thought about my own mama. I thought about Dars. Dars Joan Sparks. We used to say Dars Jean Joan Sparks. She's, you know, we gave mama Nick a, a middle name that she never had. Her name wasn't Jean. But for some reason, for years, I used to say her name Dars Jean Joan Sparks. Never was Jean. Family called her B. Her brothers. She stood in loco parentis to them when mama, her mama, grandmama, Leela May was out working. Doris was the one that the boys came to. All of them came to. From, from a young woman, she simply had that nurturing ability about her. Every woman doesn't have that. 
Let's be honest now. Every woman doesn't have that nurturing ability. Sometimes it has to grow on you. But there are some who early on are just nurturers in and of their character. I happen, we happen to be blessed with that kind of mama. What is it about Timothy that allowed him to receive this commendation from Paul? That he prayed that the legacy of faith was in him that had been given by his grandmother and mother. Sincere faith is what he referred to. And I started asking myself that question. Do I have a legacy from my mom? Do we have a legacy from our mother? And the answer is a resounding, absolutely, we do. And I'm not talking about an estate in terms of wealth. Because mama, mama and daddy were just hardworking, everyday folk, a nurse and a, uh, an employee with Bell South. Wasn't a whole lot of extra that was left after the have-tos. And yet she still left us a powerful, powerful legacy. A widow when she died. Richer than she had ever been in her life and still ill at the end, couldn't enjoy it like she wanted to. You know, that's a tragedy of life. She worked hard all her life. Had more material wealth than she had ever had and yet found herself at the end of her life ill and unable to enjoy the material things that she had. I remember Saturday, August 31st, 1996. They didn't mean anything. I went over to the house to see my mama, as I normally would. And I spent some time over there talking to her. We didn't talk about much of anything. She wasn't feeling so good that day. And so I didn't want to belabor her. Wanted her to be able to get some rest. And so we talked about a few things, and I asked her if she needed anything before I left. And she asked me to bring her a glass of water, which I did. And I brought it and put it on the nightstand, told her I loved her and I left. I wouldn't know until the next morning that that was my last conversation with her. I wouldn't know, as far as I know, that I was the last one to talk to. And so then life changed for us all. It became BD and AD, before Doris and after Doris. And I started thinking about all the wonderful things that had happened when Doris was with us. That's been a long time since I last had that conversation. And that's why I can st stand here firmly convinced that you ought to make every conversation with your mama a good conversation. And I see people all the time take relationships for granted. And I came to tell you today that you never know when your last conversation is gonna be your last conversation. Paul, 
brings back the fact that Timothy is the man he is because somebody put something in him. And I came to tell you today that you are who you are because somebody put something in you. Somebody gave you strength to become the person you are today. Somebody gave you intelligence and training and teaching to become who you are today. I don't care how dynamic you think you are. You didn't do it by yourself. Somebody else poured into you. Now you can take for granted the pouring or you can be mature enough and acknowledge it. How is mama so wonderful in our lives? And I say our because I, I can't take mama from Chandra and from Dewan. And she's as much their mama as mine, even though I say my mama all the time. I always mean our mama. I always mean that. And she was our mama. She protected us from each other. Whenever we were involved in something, she defended us from each other. And she taught us how to defend one another by doing that. Yeah. We learned that well. But what was it about mamas? Mama left us something that was much more important than material wealth. Mama left us a legacy of faith. I know a lot of people say that. But mama left us a legacy of faith that continues to reverberate and shape our individual families to this day. It molds us in ways that one could have never imagined. She made faith deposits in our lives that have paid dividends beyond our expectation. Mama left us a legacy of faith that was, first of all, convincing. Oh, yeah. She had a sound faith. It was rooted in scripture. It wasn't on no he said or she said. It was rooted in scripture. It wasn't on what folks say, it's what the scripture said. She attended a church that had sound teaching. She was pastored by a pastor who was a sound theologian, who understood the scripture and who taught it according to the word of God. But not only that, mama came out of a family that had sound faith. And so she was living on the legacy of convincing faith. And she tried to, as much as she could practically, align her life with the scripture in all those aspects. That's what she modeled to us. That's what she showed us in her, her living. She showed us how to turn the other cheek. She showed us that. She told us how to not always put yourself out front. She, she told us that. Yeah, mama had a faith that was scripturally sound, but it was also sincere. I don't have any memories of mama in my life that did not touch on church involvement. At some point, the circle ended back at 318 Jefferson Boulevard in Tarrant, First Baptist East Bowles. 
At some point, we were going to make it back there. Why? Because church was an integral part of our lives. It was a part of everything we are. The people who attended the church were part of our circle of friends. We enjoyed being there with them. It was sincere. She loved the Lord, but she also loved her pastor. They were friends. He mourned her dying like we did because he had lost not just a member of his flock, but he had lost a personal friend. I'm not telling you what I speculate. I'm telling you what he told me. I know his relationship with her. I know the struggle he had preaching her eulogy. She was his friend. Not only that, she loved members of the church. What was going on in their lives was important. She taught us how to be in fellowship with other folk. And mama was always the same. I came to tell you, I'm not trying to, I don't have to puff her life up at this point. I'm just telling you that the same Doris you got at First Baptist was the same Doris you got at 1317, was the same Doris you got at University Hospital. She was who she was. Take it or leave it. She was always Doris. She didn't cuss at home. She didn't cuss at church. She didn't cuss at work. She didn't cuss. We didn't get that from her. I didn't. I didn't. That's my own shortcoming. What comes out of my mouth from that perspective comes from me. But not because she patterned it. We didn't grow up in a cussing house. No, no, we didn't. Mama was sincere. And because she was sound scripturally and sincere, her faith was convincing. Not only was her faith convincing, church, Baba's faith was communicable. Communicable means it, it, it could be transferred, passed between other folk. It was contagious. Stuff you saw mama doing in church, you start picking up on, on yourself. She had her own Bible study time. And from that Bible study time, she learned what she could. But she also understood the value of having someone who knew more than her teach her which is why she was an attender, a regular attender of corporate Bible study. She was a regular participant in the church's Sunday school or teaching ministry. As a matter of fact, one of the blessings of my life is that after I got married and came back here, my mama was our Sunday school teacher. Yeah, she taught the couples class. Watch this now, because I want you to hear me. She taught the couples class, but her husband didn't go to church. And her co-teacher taught the couples class, Charles Collins, and his wife didn't go to church. But together they had the wholesome perspective of what a good wife and a good husband ought to try to do, and they were able to teach a couples class. You do what you can do. Perfection doesn't come into teaching. You don't have to have a perfect couple teach the couple's class. You just need to have willing folk who will do it. And we sat there and we learned, my wife and I, learned from mama's expectations. 
we were blessed because we knew what she said in class, but we watched what she did in life. And it was a blessing. They were both two of the most sincere believers I've ever met. And to this day, Charles Collins remains so. Even though I haven't worshipped with him in many years, he's one of the best teachers I've ever had. Why? Because he was sincere in the gift that he gave us. They followed the Bible teaching throughout the Bible. It said, you ought to teach these principles. And they did that. Mama's faith was communicable. So much so that watching her give her gift back started me to teaching in school. Her example was example enough for me to start teaching. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he will not depart from it, mama's legacy. But as for you, Continue in what you have learned and have been co become convinced of because you know those from whom you learned it. That's what Paul told Timothy. You know your mama and grandmama put this in you. Just walk in that faith. If you don't have, Paul said, Timothy, if you don't have faith enough in me yet, just do what your mama and your grandmama taught you. Before long, you'll get to a place where you understand and appreciate what I'm teaching you. Not only was mama's faith sincere and communicable, not only was her faith grounded in personal education, but it was also grounded in practical demonstration. Theory without practice doesn't amount to anything, y'all. Yeah, it's one thing to go to Sunday school and Bible study and get all that head knowledge, but when you walk out the door, you ought to be doing something for somebody. You ought to be helping somebody. You ought to be putting into practice what you're learning because every time you step, and before you even step out the door, somebody in need is next to you. Some situation requires your participation. Uh, faith that doesn't do anything is questionable. Faith that doesn't help other people is questionable. Faith that doesn't sacrifice is questionable. Mama supported our older neighbors around us. Because I saw Mama walking down the street to the other neighbors' houses, it gave me a different perspective on how to deal with those neighbors. When I went out to play, I was paying attention to Ms. Ware's house. Because I knew Ms. Ware lived there by herself, and I was making sure nobody was bothering Ms. Ware's house. I told my friend, we got to look out for Ms. Ware, because I saw my mama pick her up enough and take her to the grocery store and take her to the doctor and do all the things Ms. Ware didn't have no kids. Somebody had a responsibility to take care of, and for some reason, mama thought that was her. Ms. Ware wasn't our next door neighbor. Ms. Ware lived five houses down from us. There were a whole lot of neighbors between us and Ms. Ware on both sides of the street, and for some reason, Mama thought it was her job to do it. And she did it until the day Ms. Ware died. Ms. Ware, we all knew Ms. Ware. Ms. Ware was the woman in the neighborhood who on your 16th birthday would give you your own Bible. Every kid in the community she would give a Bible. I still have that Bible. 16 years old. That was her sweet 16 gift to you.
Emily Ware. Mama made us know who she was and that we ought to take care of her. All the boys knew who Miss Ware was because we knew her husband, Mr. Ware, before he died. And he had one of the baddest cars in the community. He had a hot rod at the time. And we knew it because he worked at the Dodge place. And he used to keep it pretty. We knew about that. We paid attention to them. Mama taught us to look deeper. The car is one thing, but the people are more important. Mama was always in the kitchen making a cake, or baking a cake, or creating or cooking a pie. It was always going out somewhere, wasn't going to our table. It was always going to somebody else, to the church or to work or to something. Mama showed us by taking the resources, I say meager, there was always enough for somebody else to get something. Don't take much to get some potatoes and make a pie. That's what I could see her saying. Somebody was always getting the benefit of mama's potato salad. Mama messed me up with her potato salad. I'm sure some people make excellent potato salad. I just can't eat it without thinking about mama's. That's just where I am. That's not true of every food, but that particular item is true. Paul told Timothy, but as for you, continuing what you've learned and have become, because you know of those who put it in you. I can be convinced in my own faith because I watched a mama who was convinced in her faith. I watched a grandmother who was convinced in her faith. Not only was mama's faith commi uh, communicable, but lastly, mama's faith was commendable. Mama's faith was lasting. Lasted even beyond the grave. Yeah. Paul said, and I'll read it again, that I am reminded of the sincere faith which first lived in your grandmother, Lois, and in your mother, Eunice, and I am convinced, persuaded, that it now lives in you too. Mama's faith echoes in my life even today. As I sit here on this Sunday morning, Mama's legacy of faith continues for another generation in my household. As I sit here and see not only my son, but all my grandchildren continuing the legacy of faith. Mama's faith continues to reverberate. Mama's faith was, was lasting. It was lasting. Not only was it lasting, there's a living relevance to her faith. It's not just something I can pick up the Bible that's in the living room and knock the dust off. It's something I can see in action every single day. I see mama's faith living out in our lives, and I see the benefits of mama's faith in our lives. The living relevance is for all of our children. It can be said that the faith that was in Leela and Doris is also in me. The legacy continues not just to me, but to, to the next generation and the generation after that. The love that's in Aiden and George Solomon and in Ashton is also in Karen and also in Ashley and Brittany. The legacy continues. Mother's faith. Mama knew that Jesus was the fountain of her joy. Oh, she knew it. That's the relevance of mama's faith. 
She also knew that Jesus was the bread on her table. She didn't depend on University Hospital to make that happen. Mama also knew that Jesus was the foundation of her building. Mama knew that Jesus was the source of her comfort. She had enough struggles in life. She had enough disappointments in life. She had enough tragedy in life to know that people can't always bring you the comfort you need. You need comfort that's deeper than that, and she found that in Jesus. She also knew that from when she came, could nobody bring her as far as she made it but Jesus. He was the pilot of her ship. He was also the strength of all her days. Mama knew that Jesus was the answer to all her questions. She also knew that Jesus was the author of her salvation. She had enough faith to understand that he was the backbone of her boldness, which is why the one statement that she made to me that becomes my T-shirt from Mama, and she told me once that I have the utmost confidence in you. I walk that everywhere I go. I've walked all over everywhere the Lord has ever allowed me to go, knowing that Mama thinks I can do this. Nobody's going to limit me from doing anything. Mama said I have the utmost confidence in you. What does that mean, Andre? That doesn't mean I think you're always going to win. It means I have the utmost confidence in you trying and doing your best. And that's enough for me from Mama. And she also knew that Jesus was the cause of her hope. And so when I left that house, on August 31st, 1996, I wasn't mature enough to understand the transaction that was about to take place. I didn't know enough to appreciate the significance of the moment. Only maturity and hindsight have given me the ability to appreciate the legacy that Doris Sparks has been in my life. Mama's legacy was a legacy of love. It continues to grow in and through my life. What happened in that house was a transaction between Mama and God. But so too was I, a transaction between Mama and God. She loved me, and she left me in his hand. She couldn't do any more for me, but she had done all she needed to do to get me to a place of understanding that the same God who took care of her that day is the same God that's taking care of me. And so I came to tell you today, if Mama doesn't give you anything materially, but she teaches you how to understand and know the Lord, then she's blessed you far beyond what you could have imagined. Take that legacy from your mom, and it'll take you the rest of your life. I came to tell you today that mama still lives in me because I love her, and nothing can separate us from that kind of love. And so I'm celebrating her today, the woman she was, the leader she was, the love she gave. Mama's legacy is still bold still strong. I know I'm not the only one. You can take everything I've just said and insert your mama's name in that place. It doesn't have to be for Doris. It can be for your mama. I know I got some brothers out there who are struggling because mama recently passed away. But mama taught you enough for you to keep on keeping on. There's some young mamas out there who don't understand the importance of spending time with your children. It's important that you spend time with your children. It's important that you are with your children because it's the lasting legacy that you'll give them. 
I love this about the Lord, and I'm out of here, that God thought enough of women that he allowed his son to come here through one of them. He could have put Jesus here any way he wanted to. He could have simply said, he could have simply placed him here one day as an adult to do the work he did. But what he thought was important was that they understand the role of a mother in their lives. And I love the fact that the gospel story tells us that Mary that birthed him was the last one there when he left here. I love the fact that the love she had was with him all the 33 years of her life. And I love the fact that Mary, that example of motherhood, was there for all our mamas to see as well. She loved him from the beginning of his life to the end of his life. I love the fact that in the end when he was dying, he knew enough that somebody else ought to look after his mama. And so he turned to his best disciple, John, and he said, behold, your mama, take care of her. I love this fact that Jesus knew the importance of mothers and he stopped dying long enough to bless them before he left. I came to tell you today, today is a celebration for us all. Happy Mother's Day. But today is a bigger celebration in that we who know Jesus Christ will see our mamas again. We'll celebrate with them again. I'll get to see her again in glory, and I'm so excited about it. And I hope you are as well. But if you have not given yourself to her, to Christ, then you may not realize the fullness of your legacy. That's the last thing. The legacy that mama has left me, the one about faith in Jesus Christ, is the kind of legacy that won't fully materialize its value until I see him in glory. And guess what? She'll be there waiting. So if you love your mama, if mama's taught you who Jesus is, accept that gift that she's shown you to accept the gift of salvation and one day you too will celebrate with Jesus in heaven.